Thanks for joining us today for the Fellowship Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Now, here's today's message. Colossians chapter number one. We're going to look at verses 19 and 20 this morning. Colossians chapter number one and verses 19 and 20. If you have your Bibles open there, the Word of God says in verse number 19, For it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself. By Him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. I want to preach on the subject as we continue in our series on complete in Him. Today, I want to preach on the sufficiency of Christ. On the sufficiency of Christ. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we do love you. We're so thankful for you. God, we're truly thankful that today you have called us your children. That today we are the sons and and daughters of God. God, we do thank you for that wonderful promise that we find throughout the scripture. Lord, I pray that you would be with us this morning as we get into your word and as we look at who you are. God, and what we have in Christ this morning, would you help us to be encouraged? God, we need encouragement this morning. There's heavy hearts. Lord, there's people going through difficult things. And Lord, we just ask for that encouragement this morning. Lord, we ask that you would be honored, that you would be truly worshiped through the preaching of your word this morning. God, I need you. I pray that you would fill me with your spirit, that you would give me the exact words that your people, myself included, need to hear this morning. God, and we'll praise you and we'll glorify you because you are worthy. In your son's precious name, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Like I said, this is our fifth week through the book of Colossians. And at As we've been going through the book of Colossians, we've been focusing on who we are in Christ. And our series theme comes directly from Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 10, where the Bible says, And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. That word complete, as we've talked about, has the meaning of uh, being full. You see, sometimes as Christians, we feel as if we need more than Christ to be full, right? We try to add things to our faith in him. We try to add things to Christ in order to be complete. But we need to understand this morning that we are not complete in our denomination. We are not complete within our church. We are not complete in our profession. No, we are complete in Christ Jesus. He is sufficient. He is our sufficiency. Paul is writing once again to a church that is in a spiritual battle against some things. Now understand that every church is in a spiritual battle. Amen? Fellowship Baptist Church is in a spiritual battle. But we find here that this, this church is in a spiritual battle, battle against the Gnostics and against legalism and against Judaism. And in verses 1 through 8, just to give you kind of a quick review, we looked at the beginning of Paul's letter. And he greets this church here in Colossae a church that he has never even met. He knew their pastor, he knew Epaphroditus, but he did not. He has never met this church. And he writes to them 
and, and he, he begins to personally remind them and praise God for who they are in Christ. He says, you are saints. You are my brethren. You are the children of God. He speaks of their new identity and their new hope and their, their new love and their new faith that they have in Christ. In verses nine through 12, Paul has a, a prayer for the believers in Colossae. He says, hey, he says, God, I, I pray that they would be filled with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And he, he says, not only be filled with, with the will of God, but also that they would walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. He says, I pray that they would know your will and, and that they would live like who they are in Christ. Then we move on to verses 12 through 14, and Paul speaks of a, a reason for gratitude, amen? A, a reason for gratitude that in Christ, they have a new inheritance, amen? He's translated them uh, from death into life. He's translated them into his kingdom, the kingdom of his dear son. And so we find that he, he we, they have a new uh, inheritance, a new citizenship, and a new forgiveness of sin. The Bible says that our sins are, if we've placed our faith in Jesus Christ, they're cast as far as the east is from the west. That's reason for gratitude this morning. Amen? Got a quiet crowd this morning, but we have a lot to thank God for. We have a lot to thank. We have reason for gratitude. And then he moves on to verses 15 and 18, as we spoke about uh, a few weeks ago. Again, Paul is fighting against Gnosticism. One of the biggest teachings of the Gnostics was that they did not believe Jesus was God because they believed that the body was evil, the spirit was good, and so God would never come in the flesh because in, it is all evil. But the Bible says that he came in the flesh and that he was tempted in every point that we are, yet without sin. He says in verse number 15 that he is the image of the invisible God. He's the manifestation of of the invisible God. And also he goes on to say that he created all things. That there was nothing that was made that was not made by him. He created all things. He is the head of the church and that in Christ he might have the preeminence in all things. So we come to this passage of scripture, chapter, verse number 19, and we see that in verse number 19, Paul literally, he, he reiterates, he expounds upon verse number 15. He expounds upon verse number 15 that Jesus is God and also in verse number 20 that his death, his blood is sufficient to restore our broken relationship with God. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? That his blood that he shed on his cross is sufficient to reconcile us, to restore a right relationship with a holy, righteous God. I want us to see the, the sufficiency of Christ is in, in verse number 19, we see number one, the fullness of God took residence in Jesus Christ. Just try to wrap your mind around that, right? The fullness of God took residence in Jesus Christ. Look at verse number 19. The Bible says this, for it pleased the Father that in him, who's him? Help me out. Jesus, that in him, Jesus should all fullness dwell. You see, there were false teachers, these Gnostics, who were, who were persistently cramming uh, these false doctrines and these practices down these believers' throats. They were, they were demoting Christ from his rightful place of preeminence. 
They were saying that he was not God. They were encouraging these different mystical and aesthetic uh, religious practices. You see, to the Gnostics, Jesus was not God. He would never come in the flesh because the physical world is all evil. But Paul says to these believers that in Christ, the fullness of God dwells. The fullness of God dwells. He uses the word fullness. That, that, that is a Greek word, pleroma, and it, it was a technical term that the, the, the Gnostics would use in their false teaching. It meant this. It meant the sum total of all the divine power and attributes. The sum total of all the divine power and attributes dwells in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen? He, he uses this word. Why is Paul using one of their words? We see that he uses this word that, that the Gnostics would use eight different times throughout the book of Colossians. He's going to their level, right? He's going to their, their ground. And he's using their, their words. But he's saying, hey, Jesus is the fullness of God, right? He is the fullness of God dwells in him. Listen, this verse supports Christ's preeminence over death by establishing his nature. By establishing his nature. In verse number 15, Paul spoke of Jesus being the image or the representation of God. In verse number 19, Paul declares that the fullness of God resides in Jesus. The Father, the Bible says the Father took delight. It pleased the Father. He took delight in the fact that, that the full and complete deity would dwell in the person of Jesus Christ. Listen, this full and complete deity is said, the Bible says, to dwell. This word is incredible. It means to abide lastingly or permanently. To abide lastingly and permanently. The fullness of the Godhead dwells permanently in Jesus Christ. Lastingly, permanently. You see, God was pleased that his fullness, the entirety of God's being would dwell in the Son. That's incredible to think about. We can't, we really can't grasp that thought. Jesus was fully divine as well as fully human. That's why you see Jesus one second is asking for a drink of water because he's thirsty. And the very next second, he's calming the sea. That's who Jesus was. Fully God, fully man. The Bible says in Colossians 2.9, it kind of expounds upon this. It says, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The fullness of the Godhead bodily. You see, the person of Jesus Christ was God, is God, and will continue to be God. That's who Jesus is. Listen, Paul was concerned for these believers in Colossae because their, their faith, their enjoyment in their faith uh, had been undermined because it was being taught that they did not yet have this spiritual fullness that was only uh, available to them through this uh, mystery. And, and they're being discouraged through this special revelation. And, and these false teachers had told them that there was something beyond what they had in Christ. That there was more to discover beyond Him. You see, Paul was determined to instill that the fullness of the divine nature is present in Jesus Christ. Let me say this. Because of that, anyone 
who has a share in Christ has all that there is of God. Isn't that incredible? Christ is inexhaustible. One commentary said this, he said, the treasures of divinity will never run out. The supply of grace is limitless. If we are joined by faith to him, everything that exists in God becomes accessible to us. The Bible says in John chapter number one, as John begins to say that Jesus is God, that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And verse number 14, it says that the word was made manifest and dwelt among us. But in verse number 16, the Bible says that for in him, uh, I'm sorry, and his fullness, Jesus, have all we received. Grace for grace. You see, all of his attributes and all of their perfection are ours to rest in and to enjoy. Man, you got to help me out this morning. I have like a, a point there where people are going to say amen. Like there's an explanation point. Listen, all of his attributes that, that he has are for us to enjoy and rest in. His divine power. Listen, understand today that, that, that his omniscience, his immutability, his holiness, his love that knows no limit, his immeasurable power. When Christ dwells in our heart, he brings all of these things and more with him. Listen, while we may not yet know God as we should or appreciate and enjoy him to the degree that could be ours, it does not change the fact that God that we do know and enjoy and appreciate is completely and wholly ours in Christ. Completely and wholly. You see, we have far more in Christ than we can even begin to imagine this morning. When we say we are complete in Him, we mean it. We are complete. We are full in Christ. Listen, we are complete in Him and we should rest in the fact that in Him all the fullness of the Godhead uh, dwells. Amen? Stop trying to add this to Christ. Stop trying to add that to Christ. He is sufficient. Listen, get to know Him more. Realize who He is and start beginning to rest and enjoy who He is. Because all the fullness of God, of the Godhead, dwells in Christ Jesus. Christ is sufficient. The fullness of the Godhead took permanent residence in the person of Jesus Christ. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? And because of that, verse number 20 is possible. Because Jesus is God, Verse number 20 is possible. Look at verse number 20. The Bible says this. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Number two, we see that with the sufficiency of Christ in the fact that we are reconciled to God through Christ. We are reconciled to himself. 
because of what he did on the cross. Understand here, Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he packs this verse with some powerful truth. He begins to remind these believers that our faith in Jesus' blood that was shed on his cross and his completed work is all that we need to have a right relationship with God. I hope you don't believe in anything else. Listen, that's, he's all that we need. Listen, he says we now have peace through his death on the cross. Those words, having made peace, has the meaning of ending hostility. Ending hostility. The hostility between us and God as a result of our sin. Because of his shed blood on the cross, he ended that hostility. He, he made peace in verse number 21 of this same passage. He says this, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. He says, we have been reconciled unto God. Our relationship that once was broken with God because of our sin has now been restored through Jesus Christ and his blood. See, all throughout Scripture, Paul speaks of this fact. Uh, I just have a few that I want to give you. In Romans chapter number 5, he says this, For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Ephesians chapter 2 says, And that He might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. Amen? And hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. In Romans 5, 1, he says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He is sufficient, church. And he has made a way for us to restore our relationship that was broken because of sin with God through his blood on the cross. Listen, because of human sin, your sin, because of my sin, the entire universe is out of joint. By introducing the word reconcile here, Paul reminds us that there is something seriously at fault with mankind. There is something seriously at fault with mankind. Our needs, listen, our needs physically and materially are great. But listen, understand this morning that our, our need to be right in, in a right standing with a holy God is far greater. You see, the holy, righteous God who we have offended by our foolishness and by our sin, because of that sin, we fall short of the glory of God. We can never reach a right standing with Him on our own this morning. But praise God, he took the initiative, amen? He took the initiative 
to restore a right relationship with us by sending His Son, Jesus Christ. Listen, there is only one source of reconciliation, and that is the fullness of Godhead in Christ. There is no point for looking for restoration anywhere else. Jesus is sufficient. You see, the triune God was pleased to present Himself in all of His fullness in the flesh in the person of Jesus Christ, and that through Christ and Christ alone, He would totally, thoroughly, and completely change a person's state and standing from enmity with God to friendship with God. By reconciling us to Himself through the death of Christ on the cross, He did this by making a way of peace through the sufficient work of Christ on the cross where His blood was shed for all of creation. Listen, while reconciliation is possible, it's not cheap. It's not easy. You see, peace between God and man is only available because of the sufferings of Christ. It's only available through Him. Reconciliation is made possible through the blood of His cross. Listen, it can't be achieved in any other way. Because the Bible tells us that for without the shedding of blood, there would have been no remission for sin. Without the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ, there is no remission for sin. Reconciliation had to take place because of our relationship with God was disrupted by our sin. We were enemies of God. We were at enmity with God, but thank God He wanted to end the hostility. Amen? He wanted to restore the relationship that had been broken because of sin. And praise God, reconciliation was established through the blood of Jesus Christ. Listen, His blood that was shed on the cross was sufficient to restore our relationship with Himself. Verse number 20, having made peace ending hostility between us and God through the blood of His cross by Him to reconcile, to restore a right relationship with Him, all things unto Himself. What wonderful truth we find this morning. Take encouragement in the fact that He is your sufficiency. That you are complete in Him this morning. That all the fullness of God dwells in Him bodily. And that He gave His life so that we might have peace with God. Listen, church, even today, Christians are sometimes given the impression that although they might have Christ for their Savior, something extra is missing. Even though we're saved and we know Jesus Christ is our personal Savior, sometimes we can start to begin to think that there's something missing. Something more is needed. And Paul's response to this false type of thinking is to share with these believers the greatness and the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. Listen, to insist that people need more than Christ is absurd this morning. He cannot be excelled. Jesus cannot be surpassed. He has no rival. He has no equal this morning. 
question is though, do we realize how much we have in him? Church, do you realize this morning how much you have in Christ Jesus? Understand he is our sufficiency. Listen, every true Christian, listen to this truth. Every true Christian has been linked with chains that cannot be broken to the most wonderful person of all. Someone in whom the fullness of the Godhead dwells. And he cannot be improved upon. Jesus cannot be improved upon. In verse number 20, Paul speaks of mankind's greatest need. That need is to be reconciled to God. Our relationship needs to be restored with God. It's been, we're, at, we're enemies with God because of our sin. But Christ's blood has, has been shed and a penalty has been paid. And for all who come in faith to Jesus Christ, our moral and spiritual debts have been canceled this morning. The sacrifice of Christ can never be improved upon. He said when he died on the cross, when he took his last breath, he said, it is finished, amen? It's done. He cannot be improved upon. He is sufficient. He was the sufficient sacrifice to make peace between us and God. Listen, we don't know how the Colossians received this letter. We don't have any understanding of how they took it. If it did, if they took it to heart and it, it changed their life. We don't know how they responded to this letter, but let me say this this morning, we decide how we will. We decide how we will respond to what we've heard this morning. And let me ask you the question, will we desire to have more than what we already have in Christ? Or will we live in amazement of what we have in Him? Will we rest in what we have in Christ? Will we take enjoyment in what we have in Him? Will we live knowing that we are complete in Him? I don't know what you're going through this morning. I don't know what, what trial you are faced with this morning. Know today that Jesus is all you need to get through that trial. If you're here today and you say, hey, I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I am still living in sin. I have not yet uh, been restored in a, to a right relationship with God. Understand this morning, Jesus is your answer to those questions. Know today that He is sufficient for you. Why? Because all, it pleased the Father that in Him, the fullness of the Godhead would dwell. Jesus is God. And that through His shed blood on His cross, He made a way to reconcile, to restore our broken relationship with God. Jesus is the answer. You have a question it doesn't matter what it is. He's the answer. He is sufficient. Will you take that to your heart this morning? Will it encourage you? Will you thank him for who, you, who, who he is? Will you thank him for what you have in Christ this morning? 
because he is sufficient. You don't need to add anything to him. He cannot be improved upon. With every head bowed and every eye closed, would you please stand? Thanks for listening to this sermon from Fellowship Baptist Church. Come visit us at 2501 Michigan Avenue, Panama City, Florida. For more information or to donate to this ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Have a great week.